spend much of your professional life at flight levels? Well, if so, you're going to want to hear this. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Pete Combs with your trusted source for business aviation news. What follows is an encore edition of one of NBAA's most popular recent flight plan podcasts, this one focusing on supplemental oxygen. Alex Gertsen is NBAA's Director of Airports and Ground Infrastructure, but he's also the pilot of a high-performance single-engine aircraft, a plane Alex sees as a highly valuable business tool. Not long ago, Alex upgraded to a Turbo Mooney, a decision he did not make lightly. I found this great airplane that had great avionics in excellent mechanical shape. But one of the things that I was a little apprehensive about, just because I didn't know much about it, was that it had a turbocharger. And I felt that perhaps I wouldn't really utilize the full capability of the turbocharger since most of my flying is in busy airspace on the East Coast where I would feel that air traffic would keep me low. Uh, But that's not the case. I have had great success getting at least into the teens on longer trips into the flight levels where I'm above the weather, where it's cooler and smoother. And the oxygen system enables me to fly comfortably at those levels and the airplane is certainly much more efficient and much faster as well. Alex is a stickler for safety, which brings us to a discussion about supplemental oxygen in high-altitude flight. I have an oxygen system that's built into my airplane, and I found this out through checking my blood oxygen levels, that whenever I am above 10,000 feet during the day or above 8,000 feet at night, I will start using oxygen. But wait, doesn't 14 CFR 91.211 say you must Use supplemental oxygen if you're at 12,500 feet for more than 30 minutes and at all times when you operate above 14,000 feet. Well, Dr. Brent Blue, a senior aviation medical examiner and the medical director of oxygen to go says it's not the altitude, it's all about how you feel. What I mean by that is, is if somebody has some allergy symptoms and they're flying at night, they may want to use oxygen at 7,000 or 6,000 feet. There's really no disadvantage to using oxygen. Everyone is different, and some people need oxygen lower, and some people can tolerate a little bit higher. But you can't use too much oxygen. That's what it comes down to. Gertzen heartily subscribes to this line of thinking. He doesn't use his plane's altimeter to decide when to go on oxygen. He uses a small device that clips painlessly onto the end of your finger. It's called a pulse oximeter. It's your health, your life on the line when you're at those high altitude levels, you want to make sure that you know exactly what's going on with your body. We introduced pulse oximetry to general aviation back in 1995. The recommendation that uh, I established at that time was that you should take your pulse oximetry at your home airport and that at sea level might be anywhere between 95 and 100. And if you're say at 6,000 feet like I am, it might be between 90 and 95. And that you should use oxygen when you drop five points below your home saturation, and that you must use oxygen when you drop 10 points below your home saturation. I'll have more business aviation news for you in just a moment. But first, please, this message. NBAA sponsors more than a dozen seminars and professional development planning courses year-round. The courses are offered on-site at locations across the country or online. Increase your professional knowledge and advance your business aviation career with a PDP course today by visiting www.nbaa.org slash on demand. Welcome back to NBAA's Flight Plan. 
I'm Pete Combs. I'm talking with NBAA's Director of Airports and Ground Infrastructure, Alex Gertson, and with Senior Aviation Medical Examiner, Dr. Brent Blue, about the use of a pulse oximeter in the cockpit. Alex uses it whenever he's above 10,000 feet during the day or 8,000 feet at night. And Alex has incorporated that little pulse oximeter device as a vital aspect of his flying routine. As I check the various instruments, um, making sure that the oil pressure remains constant and that my voltage remains constant, I also check myself and make sure that my blood oxygen level is remaining constant and is at the appropriate levels. Dr. Blue says don't be shy about buying or using oxygen. People think that oxygen is expensive, and if they don't have a built-in system, and they're using portable tanks, they can go to any oxygen supplier and get it filled. You can read more about the use of pulse oximeters in the cabin in the July-August 2017 edition of NBAA's Business Aviation Insider. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. I'm Pete Combs. Thanks for listening to Flight Plan.